Welcome to Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith, founder and president of the Wealthcare Investment Center. Each week, we discuss strategies to help you preserve, protect, and enhance your wealth because saving for retirement is just the beginning. We've developed an innovative approach to retirement wealth and tax management, powerful strategies to help you get the most from your nest egg and help you live the retirement you want and deserve. Have a question for the team? Connect with us at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Or call 888-888-5601. 888-888-5601. Get more retirement starts now. Great to have you along today with Bruce Smith. I'm Cheryl White. On the show, the role of risk in retirement planning. We'll examine home equity and talk about timing your home sale, plus a different approach to date night, candlelight, great food, and credit card bills. We'll explain what that's about coming up. Hey there, Bruce. Good morning. Hey, I wanted to start today with something from the future, something oh, you can taste. Did you get a time machine? Yeah, I did. I did, thanks to Coca-Cola, <laughs> because they have a new mystery flavor created by AI. It's called Y3000. They fed the computer some information on flavor preferences and what consumers imagine and think the future tastes like, Bruce. Came up <laughs> I don't with... see any way this is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't tasted it, but apparently it's available. So if anyone tries the taste from the future, let me know because I'm a little hesitant. I've tasted some of these. And some of them even had like really good names or good flavors. Like, oh, yeah, I've got to try that, you know, and, and, and you're like. Oh, God, what were they thinking, you know? But but they sold that bottle of soda or that bag of potato chips. Bruce, you know, anytime we plan for the future, there's a risk that something will go wrong, that our plan just won't play out the way we thought it would. And when it right. comes to our financial future, the question is, how big a risk are we willing to take? And I really think that's a complex question. How complicated is it to measure our risk tolerance? To measure genuine, honest risk tolerance or what the investment industry calls risk tolerance. Well, I, I um, guess you know, we're talking about finances here, but if you were to see, ask that, me, I'd say medium, I think. I, I, I'd just go, I don't know, maybe medium? Uh, so notice what you did there, and you did what most people do, is you played into the hand of the financial industry. You know, well, medium, okay, good. So right, understand something, the whole idea of risk assessment, in most cases, it is a placeholder in the process of selling you an investment. So when somebody says medium risk, okay, this is how I explain it to people. I say, okay, that, that sounds great. I said, but let's talk, as you know, well, you know, from, from my book, Create Wealth, Retain Wealth, is what's the first rule of money? See your money as a pile of, of what? Of cash. Cash, right. So we talk in terms of dollars and cents. So I said, all right, medium risk, let's throw that out the window. I said, so Cheryl, if you had $100,000 and you went down to your mailbox or opened an email and, and saw this month's statement, it was worth $60,000. Is that acceptable to you? No. So what's the right number? In one month's time, is it 90,000, 95,000, 60,000, 40,000? What is it? And it's amazing when you put that in front of people, it becomes real. It's real dollars and cents. And that's how you need to be understanding and looking when you're okaying an investment or an investment plan or what have you. To make everything work out, you need a projected, not guaranteed and not known in the future, but a projected rate of return. How will you achieve that return? And Wall Street's kind of, you know, cookie cutter approach is you've got to make this return. So you need good years, balance out the bad years and average that to get you where you need to be. And so all their investments have, you know, unknown pluses and minuses. There's nothing known about them. There's no results in advance that you can see. So it's a giant guessing game. But a, a big element in that guessing game is getting you to start the ball rolling with signing off and saying, I accept a level of risk based on some questions that were derived by psychologists, by market makers, by investment people, just to create a level, a score. We also see that score, you know, well, you scored a 72, so you're a medium risk. For us at Wealthcare, the key element is, it's not really about managing what investments you buy or sell. It's not a matter of specifically, you know, what type of investments you have necessarily, but it's really a much broader picture of managing the opportunities you have to create wealth and retain that wealth during the course of your retirement so you have the biggest pile of cash available for your needs. And those opportunities can include not only maybe a traditional investment portfolio for part of your nest egg, 
But what about an opportunity saying we want this percentage, maybe 50% or more, to have no opportunity for downside loss, knowing that that $100,000 a year from now or a month from now is still worth $100,000? Mm-hmm. And they say, well, no, but then I can't make anything. Well, if you can still achieve your projected rate, average rate of return or expected or a reasonable rate of return, you know, if you can eliminate that market risk on a percentage and then eliminate a large portion of that market risk on another percentage, again, we go right back to the teachings of Warren Buffett. And Warren says, if you have more upside potential than downside potential, this will work about perfectly, his words, in helping your returns. And that is pretty much the backbone of what we utilize as our yardstick in measuring risk in a portfolio. And that's very they play at a much lower level of the game. You know, their goal is to get a score, get it on a piece of paper and assign you a pie. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. We're much, much greater than just pie bakers. Well, I want to take this in a new direction because there's a risk that we may be exposed to, but not realize it until tax time. You know, Fidelity reports that two thirds of mutual funds made capital gains distributions in 2022, for example, even though the S&P 500 was down by more than 18 percent. So what happened was at the end of that, when you're filing your taxes, you find an unexpected tax bill because you're going, how could that happen? Well, you know, first of all, look at the construction of a mutual fund. So a mutual fund, one of the biggest selling points and benefits of a mutual fund is that you are instantly diversified. I remember many years ago, when setting the Wayback Machine in excess of 35 <laughs> years, ladies and gentlemen. But I remember, you know, when I first learned about mutual funds, this is how the gentleman explained it. He said, you could take $100. He said, take a $100 bill. And he said, you know, look at it. And he said, you can take that $100 and you could go buy $100 worth of General Motors or John Deere or whatever. And he said, you would own John Deere. You'd own General Motors. And whatever General Motors did, up or down, that's what would happen to the value of the money you invested for that $100 bill. Okay. He said, but, you know, he said, if General Motors went bankrupt, you'd lose all your money. Okay. Yeah, that's true. He said, so he said, what if you went down to the bank and cashed that $100 bill in and got $101 bills and you could put a dollar in John Deere and a dollar in General Motors, but a dollar in Apple and a dollar in Microsoft and a dollar in Amazon, the dollar in one and one. He said, you'd own a hundred companies and you'd only have a dollar invested. If, if five of them went bankrupt, it would only cost you $5. That's the diversification of a mutual fund. That was a pretty good analogy, a good idea to understand mutual funds. Well, so that's great. And that's one of the big pluses and why people use mutual funds. But on the tax side of things, mutual funds, it may have more money coming in to the fund than they are sending out to people that have requested money or taking income, or they may have less money coming in than what they need to pay out. And when those situations occur, then a mutual fund has no choice but to start selling holdings that they own. And in the sale of those holdings, they may be selling holdings that actually have profits, that have gains that were not yet realized. When they sell them, That is a taxable event. All the taxes are passed through onto the clients. So let's look at this. So if a mutual fund has less money coming in than they're paying out, then they're in what's called net redemption. Typically, in those cases, a lot of times you'll see the share price of that fund going down. So where you may have a statement at the beginning of the year that said you own $50,000 of ABC mutual fund, and and maybe at the end of the year you owned $40,000 of ABC Mutual Fund. And you say, my God, I lost 20% of my money in ABC Mutual Fund. But then at the end of the year, you get a 1099 with a capital gain of $5,000 from ABC Mutual Fund. You're going, wait a second. (laughs) I didn't make anything. So I don't know any tax. And that's what I hear a lot of people, you know, that can't be right. I've even had people over the years, unfortunately, ignore those 1099s or they'll try to claim a loss and say, okay, you know, they didn't sell the actual mutual funds. So they didn't have a loss that they, they, they were eligible to claim. They'll say, oh, I, I lost $10,000 and I made 5000 so I have a $5,000 loss. No, it doesn't work that way. You'd have to actually liquidate those shares before the end of the year in order to have that offset, and people don't have it. So they're called ghost gains. Basically, they are real gains, but they appear almost as magic as a ghost because you, in fact, lost money on that investment. And by the time you receive that notice, it is typically January 31st or after of the following year. You can't even sell at that point to offset that gain. You're stuck with it because that is the accounting as of December 31st of the previous year. So ghost gains are something that happen quite often when you have a down year in the market and because funds prices were dropping, people were leaving the fund. They actually ended up incurring gains, selling off appreciated assets. And the people that left, here's the irony, the people that left and sold those shares, they don't get the 1099. You do. 
<laughs> Basically, surprise capital gains or ghost gains are something that happens after you see a down year in the market quite often. And they are somewhat unique to, in fact, mutual funds. So interesting. And we have so much more ahead on the show today. For example, the magic interest rate that a lot of buyers say they're waiting for, making sure your will is bulletproof, and a few of the top countries offering incentives for American retirees. As we head into the break, this is a great time to call and schedule your complimentary wealth checkup with Bruce and the team at Wealthcare. Now, if you've saved 500000 or more toward your retirement? This is complimentary, no obligation. Call right now, 888-888-5601. I'll give you the number again. It's 888-888-5601. Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith continues right after this. What do you do when you get a health diagnosis that doesn't look so good? Most likely, you'll get a second opinion. Shouldn't you treat your wealth the same way? Your Nest Egg's financial health has probably declined to the point that you should get an updated diagnosis for your investment portfolio. At the Wealthcare Investment Center, a second opinion with one of our elite wealth specialists will include exploring a variety of higher-level planning and management strategies for your wealth. Our proven strategies can help you protect and grow your wealth in these volatile markets, reduce your retirement taxes, and build a more durable plan for your retirement income. We look at all possible opportunities to improve your financial health. So take a deep breath, give us a call, and let us give you a fresh diagnosis because managing your wealth can be just as important as managing your health. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion today from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the Wealthcare team now at 888-888-5601. That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online. That's wealthcare.com. Got a black magic woman. Got a black magic woman. I've got a black magic woman, got me so blind I can see. Get more retirement with Bruce Smith continues now. Black magic woman, a little Santana there, Bruce. Yeah, I hear that. I love Carlos. Have you uh, ever seen him live? No, I have not. I have. Oh my God, he's amazing. Oh, I can only imagine because this song is amazing. But yeah. the reason I'm playing it, Bruce, is because. You know, we're talking about all things mysterious as we get into this segment. Ways to tell the future, as a matter of fact. Maybe a crystal ball, perhaps a Ouija board. But what about cheese? <laughs> cheese? <laughs> cheese is apparently an ancient art of fortune-telling through the observance of cheese. And one way to do it is write down possible answers to a question about the future on a piece of cheese or separate pieces <laughs> of cheese. Then you place them inside a cage with a hungry rodent, say, a mouse or perhaps a rat. And whatever piece of cheese the mouse or rodent eats first is the correct answer. Wow. <laughs> we have enough other fortune telling with, with how the market's going to go that we hear from the industry. I guess <laughs> I that one, we can fit that one in there. That's wow. I've, I've heard of races, rodent races and stuff, but that's a new one. That, yeah. That, wow. I've never heard that one. All right. So transitioning to real estate. I don't know why, but we are. And we're talking about the fact that your house may be worth more than ever right now. The St. Louis Fed says Americans are holding about $30 trillion in home equity. So should we access that home equity? And, and what are the options? It's interesting that they said this. It, my question is, it, are they including reverse mortgages in the, in the access of the home equity? I mean, that's one thing that we always recommend to clients before they retire. Some will have a mortgage. They've paid down considerably and some have no mortgage. We say, you know, before you retire, before you have that income stream that counts towards your credit ability, your credit repaying ability, is to get a credit line established, you know, on your property or what have you. First of all, you cannot borrow against the assets of an IRA. That's a federal rule. Okay. okay? So you could have $2 million sitting in an IRA and with regard to going to the bank, three years after you retire to buy a vacation home, buy a boat, whatever, they can't count that money. I know it sounds ludicrous, but they can't. So in doing so, you know, you may find that, well, all we have is social security income, you know, and we take distributions out of our IRA. Well, some banks, that's not good enough. You know, they want to see a pension or they want to see something else, you know, or maybe you're delaying taking social security. So 
you know, your ability to repay a line of credit or repay a loan for the purchase of a vehicle or a luxury thing or an RV or even another home can get a little muddy sometimes, you know, after you have retired and what you're showing on your tax return for income goes down significantly. Mm. So that's one of the reasons why we see people doing this. But, you know, it does make sense because a credit line is typically a lower rate than you're going to see, say, the purchase of an RV. So we encourage people to get them and have access to them, not that you necessarily need them or ever use them, but it makes sense to get them and have them in advance. It's a great tool because remember, your pile of cash is yours, but how you leak money out of it, how much money comes out of it, you always want to spend as little as possible. That's why we're saying be always sensitive to fees, make sure you're getting the right value. You certainly don't want to overpay in taxes, monies that otherwise could remain in your pile of cash because you reduce the tax burden or even eliminate that tax burden eventually. Same thing holds true with interest that you're going to pay on things. You want to have the best possible interest rate. If you have credit cards, we have a lot of people that are totally shocked by this. And I, I encourage this of all of our retirees They'll say, tell me the house is paid for, cars, I'm out of debt. I'm like, okay, do you have any credit cards? Yeah. I don't have any balances. I said, well, what kind of rate do you see in? Oh, it's this or it's that. I said, you know, look, I said, you've earned the right to have the very best credit card. And in today's world, you know, you can get 3% to 5% back on all of your purchases. Let me tell you something. If people are charging everything and then paying it off at the end of the month, they're not incurring any interest. But getting that extra 2 or 3%, in many cases, will pay for a nice family vacation or what have you. Well, let me rewind just a little bit sure. because let's go back to reverse mortgages. How do you feel about mm -hmm. those? You know, I used to be against them, quite frankly. And I think the only reason I was against them was it was ignorance. There is a place. They're not for everybody. And I think one of the unwritten rules of reverse mortgages is if your children want to end up owning the homestead, if you take out a reverse mortgage, it's not going to happen. I mean, because the amount of accrued interest that will go against that property is such that for them to buy it, they will pay way over market down the road to get that property. If they don't want to be the ones to dispose of it, you know, and it's important to have these conversations with your children, if you have them, especially in a reverse mortgage situation, it's a way to have a stable cash stream. You have obligations. You still have to pay the homeowners. You still have to mow the grass. You still have to do certain things, but there is a good place for it. There's some interesting tax advantages of things you can do with reverse mortgages. But again, here you want to make sure you're dealing with a reputable reverse mortgage company. You want to have competitive rates in what you're doing. But most of all, you want to make sure that it is a good fit, a best possible fit for your situation. But there is a place for reverse mortgages. And I think the Wild West days of reverse mortgages have kind of passed us by finally to where they've stabilized a lot of the companies in the marketplace or some big players that are doing it right. You don't want Joe's used cars and reverse mortgages. You know, stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good <laughs> but, advice. Uh, but it's something, you know, it's important to work with an advisor that understands them, maybe even has access to not their buddy that does it, but basically some of these bigger firms or bigger consultants to our relationship with Ed Slot as an Ed Slot Mastery Lead Advisor. Some of the people who teach other advisors nationwide about this are people that are friends of mine and we have great access to. Now let's move into retirees or soon-to-be retirees who want to sell their home. Mm -hmm. So I found a new survey by John Burns, and it shows that a lot of prospective buyers are waiting for rates to fall, interest rates to fall, and they seem to have a specific interest rate they're waiting to see before they really get jump back in the real estate market. Mm -hmm. That percentage rate is 5.5. So the question I have for you is, if I'm getting ready to retire and my plan is to sell my home to relocate or downsize, whatever the reason may be, does it make sense at this point for some people, and this is hypothetical, to hang on for a while or list their home and try to get the most out of it because there are fewer homes on the market right now? You have to look at reverse engineering. You've got to say, at the end of the day, when, when the smoke is cleared and it's all said and done, where am I and what am I doing? So in other words, for example, if she said, I want to sell my house in Pennsylvania because I'm tired of the snow and I want to live in Georgia, okay? Okay. Now, as crazy as this is, you pretty much have to have found that house in Georgia, determined the cost of that house in Georgia, looked at available interest rates if you're gonna be financing any money against that house in, in Georgia on a mortgage, and said, okay, that's gonna cost me X, and then come back to Pennsylvania and say, all right, now my house, if I sell it for this, 
So I want to go from this house to that house. What's it going to cost me? It amazes me, you know, the number of people that they talk about downsizing and make no mistake, Mrs. Smith and I have had this discussion. It, did, it ended up not happening because of, of these problems. So they say downsizing. Okay. So you have a house now that's uh, 3,000 square feet and has three bedrooms. And I said, and you've had it for a lot of years. You're making a profit. You're happy. Where do you want to go to? Well, we looked at this real nice 2,200 square foot house that's single story and it's three bedrooms. Okay. How much is it? Well, it's kind of almost the same price as ours. <laughs> it's like, okay, now what don't you know about that new house? You know, what don't you know about how old is the roof? Does it have any problems? You know, what kind of heating system does it have? Does it have air conditioning to the level that you, you're accustomed to? When was everything updated in the kitchen? That's where people get the big surprise. You always want your home to be what you want it to be. And it is very, very rare that I ever see retirees, you know, relocate to a property and not come back and say, I need X dollars for this. So, you know, you have to factor all those things in. And if you don't, what you find is you start consuming those retirement dollars. And when they need that 10 or 20 or $30,000 out of that IRA, and I say, okay, now let's not forget you're going to need 6,000 more for Uncle Sam. So what have you done? You've depleted $36,000 in order to make a $30,000 improvement in that home that will never be worth a penny unless you liquidate that home down the road. Now, I've had more people that have thanked me and said, Bruce, you bring light to things that we never would have thought of. And with better information, we're able to make better and more informed decisions. And that's what life is all about. That's how you get the most out of life is making making informed positive decisions so it's it's important you know people there's a lot of people that want to do it but you've got to you know, you've got to understand you know <laughs> i mean i have to laugh and, and she'll shoot me for sharing this but i said you know if we retire where do you want to retire to she said i think we should downsize well i i, I think it'd be tough but okay we could downsize i said whatever that means to you let's talk about it but i said where do you want to go and she goes how about hershey <laughs> Like, why am I going to move an hour and a half right. and be in the same snow belt, you know? And I'm thinking, no, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> you know, that kind of killed the the, uh, the downsizing uh, idea. But yeah, so pretty crazy. Well, you're right. That is what this is all about, though, is examining all of the options. You make sure that your clients have all the information so they can make informed decisions. And sometimes that means changing your mind completely about what you were considering. I like to sleep on it, maybe for a while, <laughs> right. and then revisit the idea. Does it still make sense? And that's exactly what you're talking about here. And if you would like to continue the conversation with WealthCare's Bruce Smith, you can call right now. Here's the number, 888-888-5601. We have a lot ahead. For example, a financial twist on date night. Will you pay state tax on your Social Security? Well, that depends on where you'll be living. And some perks offered by countries welcoming retirees. All that and more is Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith continues. You've been planning your retirement for some time. But now you are watching the economy and financial markets destroying your plan. If your path to retirement or through retirement is in question, it's time for a second option. At the Wealthcare Investment Center, we can help you elevate your planning to weather financial storms today and into the future. We know you don't want to postpone retirement or run out of money during retirement. So now is your best time to talk with an elite wealth strategist. Let us show you how our high level of planning and management could help you protect and grow your wealth during volatile markets, reduce your retirement taxes, and build a more durable plan for a sustainable retirement income. Let us help you get your planning back on track and moving in the right direction. Now is the right time to upgrade your plan. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the WealthCare team now at 888-888-5601. That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Nobody does Nobody does it better. That's Carly Simon. You're tuned to Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith. I'm Cheryl White. So, Bruce, I'm playing this because this is the theme from a James Bond movie. And James Bond was always in there gathering, you know, 
intel, yep. information, spying. Well, yes. apparently, our cars may be spying on us. Oh, everything is spying on yeah. us these days, I'm telling you. This story that I have for you is so interesting. Uh, software researchers at the Mozilla Corporation say cars are the worst product category they have ever reviewed for privacy. They studied 25 different car makers and found that 84% of them study, sell, or share your personal data, and 92% of them give consumers little or no control over that data. Surprised? No, I, I can tell you, actually, as we're putting marketing campaigns together, there are different sources, and the number one source out there for information on people, financial, their buys, their likes, their what have you, come from the car industry. You know, really? That's, it's a fact. There's no question about it. So, yeah, it, it's kind of creepy. But we live in the, in the world of Big Brother. You know, it's everything is electronic. You can't even think about things these days. And it appears on your iPhone or your Android device. Everything is is a correlation of data. You know, it's funny. It's the matrix. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's all zeros and ones. You know, it's it's we've been reduced to a number. And that number is tied to everything about you. Well, get this, Bruce. One surprising finding is that Nissan collects information under a category they've labeled sexual activity in the cars. That'd be kind of tough in a Nissan, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I, mean, geez, I have a rogue. I, it could be possible, I guess. I, yeah, I, I, don't I know. guess. I, sexual activity. How, Isn't uh, that bizarre, though? We'll have to bring back Meatloaf back to life and ask him what that's about. You know, yeah. that's, geez. <laughs> Wow. Well, yeah. So if you don't want your car listening in on things, you're going to need to move elsewhere. And what about a great restaurant? What about a place that you really love? It has great food, maybe even candlelight, just the two of you. And you decide to go and talk about your bills, your monthly bills. Go through them at the dinner table. Oh, that'll kill the moment, won't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a different kind of moment. I'm blowing um, out the candle. <laughs> yeah, the Wall Street Journal calls it a money date. And they say it's a way to combine something kind of boring with something good. I often think about couples who disagree on money and how in the world you, as a financial advisor, can get them to agree. Now, they say this is a way to do it in a neutral environment where you simply go over things and there's no accusation. It's all positive, no negative. But, you know, people sometimes don't have the same ideas about money and spending. And one financial counselor even suggested doing it naked. This must be the Naked Week show. I, I don't know. We got we got uh, you know cars that are checking out sexual activity. This yeah, is, well, I, I just I, can't. I look First for all, themes. I, and, you know, I, I, and, I, and I would kind of think that uh, you probably don't want to do that in a candlelit restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> but but more to the the heart of the matter. I mean, the one thing I will tell you is that it's something that that is really a hallmark at wealth care. I've been championing this for many years. One thing that irritates me to no end is the number of financial uh, advisors, managers, wealth managers, whatever you want to call them. You know, for example, let's say the husband is an engineer and he makes six figures. And let's say the wife works part-time at a church or as a job or she's making 40 grand a year, 50 grand or whatever. And the advisor will kind of direct the entire presentation to the husband. The first thing that we tell people, we sit down and say, okay, this is your retirement for both of you. You're not going to agree on everything, but you want to homogenize the ideas, the likes and dislikes, the hates and loves and put them together. And you want your best possible retirement. These questions will always be addressed to each of you. And I said, I want you to be honest in the answers that you give me. Now, one of the questions we ask, especially if there's a divorced spouse involved is, you know, so do you have his money, her money, or do you have our money? How do you look at the money? And the other thing which we find almost always is one of the two will be the investment, management, pension, 401k person, and the other person is the checkbook, banking, pay the bills person. And we find that in almost all the relationships, you know, there's very few relationships where they're both playing at the same level and up to speed on all the possible categories. And it's important to know who has the deepest understanding and how to get the other person involved in that. That's the key element. A lot of times, maybe a spouse will say, well, I'm not really involved at all. You know, he takes care of everything or whatever. I say, well, listen, I said, you know, tell me why. And they'll say, well, it's just too complicated, or it's not my wheelhouse, or I was never really, you know, that was never my thing. I said, okay, I said, the reason, I said, would you say the reason why is because it's too complicated? And they'll go, yeah. I said, all right, if we can simplify it, and I said, and that obligation's on me, I have to be able to do that. But I said, at the end of this presentation, I'm going to ask you if you could do this and be involved in this. And we go through our, our get more retirement process, and then I ask the question. It's like, 
yeah, if this is all it is, I can do this. And and it and you can just see this relief, just like wow, I wanted to be involved, and I and I couldn't be, or or the advisor didn't include them, which is just absolutely horrible. But here we're talking about you know bills, and that's one thing that again is very very rare. If you have the person who pays the bills, and if they're on top of it, you know, you say, what are your monthly bills? Because you know, a understanding of retirement is a sum of checks and balances of inflows and outflows. And if you don't know what it's costing on a monthly basis to run the household in retirement, it's pretty hard to put a retirement plan together. So it's a very important <laughs> it's a very important number. And but I, but I do take a little bit of, of perverse joy, and I'll say, so okay, so you take care of the bills. So then I'll look at the other spouse. I'll say. So tell me, how much a month do you think it costs to run the house? So, you know, basically, and I said, if I came to you January 1st and I was putting a pile of money in your hand and said, that's the money that has to last you to run the household from now till December 31st, how much would that annually be? Or how much would it be monthly? Give me a number. And they come up with a number and you see the other spouse kind of go cross-eyed and go, well, that's not right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you what it really is, you know. But it is really kind of a, they're like, Bruce, we're so glad we came to this meeting. This, some of us didn't even know we had to consider this, but a lot of them say, we knew we had to, we just never took time to right. it for it, but we will. You shine the light on it and we're both here. And that's really, I think, the heart of what they're talking about here is that, you know, it really is important, especially for retirement planning, especially in retirement, is to be a little more involved, a little more knowledgeable, and a little more on top of the basics, not the complexities. You don't have to have all the alphas and betas, the standard deviations and all that crap, which we don't talk about anyway. Keep it simple, you know, understand what your pile of cash looks like and understand the impacts to it. And this is, I think, a a great way to take in a big chunk of that. Well, you know, another subject, Bruce, that can be really difficult for people to discuss is estate planning. And when it comes to making your will, for example, AARP says that writing down your wishes is one thing, but making your will bulletproof is something else. So if you don't want your will to be changed, after you're gone, if what you want is what you want, how do you bulletproof a will? People are quite put off by the term estate planning for a lot of reasons. First of all, the idea of a will. You know, first of all, a will is that first step where you're admitting your mortality. Mm-hmm. And sometimes for the first time in your life and you're staring it in the face. And it's not a pleasant process. It really isn't because I'm not going to be here. And I think if you really took the varnish off everything, I think over 50% of the people would go, I'm not going to be here. I don't care what happens, you know. <laughs> so Well, yes, so you, a lot of get, people do that, say that. Yeah. Too many advisors want to talk about estate planning or sometimes it's a precursor to try to sell a life insurance policy or whatever. Most people do not need estate planning in its grandest element. It's really more beneficiary planning. What is it I have today and where do I want it to go? You don't need all the complexities. It's a lot simpler. A will is an important instrument. Now, we specialize in beneficiary planning. We like to set up beneficiary transfers that are done privately, that are done, you know, they're not recorded at the courthouse. And it's, it's and to the degree it's private per person or per uh, couple of, or you're leaving money to. The will is the default for most people in the financial industry, but our beneficiary planning, you know, if you've got money, you say, I want to leave it to the kids, but I don't want the rest of the world knowing how much money my kids got. I didn't want the rest of the world knowing that I had all that money, you know, so you can basically bypass the will and be able to transfer my monies privately for financial accounts. So we specialize in beneficiary planning there. Now the will itself, we typically like to use the will for the transfer of things that do not have account numbers. So now we have, you know, the porch collection, the wine collection, the house, the, the vacation home, whatever. A will is also going to be probated in the state where the property is. So if you have a vacation home, how it gets treated may be different than what it is in your home domicile state. Now, your question of how do you see that your wishes are carried out, you build into the will what's called a poison pill. And the poison pill basically in general terms says that, you know, if you contest any element of this will, you will be deemed as having predeceased me and your share will go to the remaining beneficiaries and will have no claim to anything whatsoever. And poison pills, for the most part, are pretty durable. There's just not a lot you can do to challenge them. Now, you know, obviously if it's a $10 million estate, I'm sure there's some attorney somewhere that's going to try to crack the back on the will, you know, but if you have that much money, you have other planning elements in place. We recommend a poison pill uh, to our clients as they're building a will because a lot of our clients use LegalZoom or they'll use Quicken's Family Lawyer or Willmaker 
which are good programs. You know, I mean, you don't have to necessarily go and, and sit down in front of an attorney and pour your heart out, which is an awkward process, quite frankly, for anybody. These new programs out there, the legal zooms and such, they've matured. And, and I think they are good programs. You print it out on your printer and you take it and get notarized and it's as good as anything else out there. The neat part is <laughs> if it's in your computer, it can be changed. And if that uh, one niece or nephew really irritated you at the football game Saturday night, you can cut them out, <laughs> you know. Oh, that's interesting. Well, we have a lot more coming up on the show. For example, states that tax Social Security. And if you're dreaming of retiring abroad... Well, we're going to tell you about some countries offering special deals to expats as Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith continues. What do you do when you get a health diagnosis that doesn't look so good? Most likely, you'll get a second opinion. Shouldn't you treat your wealth the same way? Your financial health has probably declined to the point that you should get an updated diagnosis for your investment portfolio. At the Wealth Care Investment Center, a second opinion with one of our elite wealth specialists will include exploring a variety of higher-level planning and management strategies for your wealth. Our proven strategies could help you protect and grow your wealth in these volatile markets, reduce your retirement taxes, and build a consistent plan for income. We look at all possible opportunities to improve your financial health. So take a deep breath, give us a call, and let us give you a second opinion to help you manage your wealth just like you manage your health. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion today from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the WealthCare team now at 888-888-5601. That number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Back now with Bruce Smith and Get More Retirement. I'm Cheryl White. Bruce, we have talked about Social Security benefits being subject to federal income tax, depending on your income. But what I'm learning is they may also be subject to state taxes, depending on where you live. This could be a really unwelcome surprise at tax time if you don't know if a state that you're moving to, if it's a new place, actually does tax Social Security. It's actually a one-two punch. It's not just that they're taxing Social Security, but a lot of those same states also provide a state income tax on pension payouts, retirement withdrawals. I think there's 15 states that do not tax pension payouts. So if you're getting a pension check from where you worked, there's 15 states, Pennsylvania is one of them, that does not tax those pension payouts, which means the remaining 35 do have a state tax that you'll pay on a pension payout. There are 13 states that will not tax your retirement distributions. So, you know, again, Pennsylvania does not uh, currently. <laughs> if you're taking money out of your IRA, they don't have a state income tax on it. But the remaining 37 states do. So when we hear us talk on the program about 20% or 22% or, or 30% tax on your IRA distributions, that's the federal tax. So if you have the state taxing you another few percent, you've got to account for that coming out of your pile of cash. And then here we're talking about Social Security. And Social Security, if you have a very low income, you have a zero tax rate, or you may have up to 50% of your Social Security could be subject to federal and state income tax for these states that are involved. There are 11 of them, I believe. And then if you have a sufficient income level, then they'll tax 85% of your Social Security income. So that's the federal rules. And then the state comes in right behind with their handout and saying, oh, no, no, we want our pound of flesh also. You don't get to spend what they pay you. You get to spend what's left over hmm. after everybody else has taken their hand and grabbed their share. So you know, this is something that, you know, when you plan for retirement, there's just too many people. And this is, I think this is one of the very big pitfalls of not having that tax discussion, especially if you're using an online advisor or a Fisher Investments uh, type program or Fidelity or what have you, where a lot of times they'll talk in what they know as far as at the federal level, and it's not really indicative of, of the net you're going to receive. And if you need X dollars of income and that's the number you need, then you're going to have to take more money out than expected to give the tax share to both the federal 
and the state hands that are out looking for that money, and you're burning down that nest egg much, much quicker. So that's 11 states that will tax your Social Security benefits. There are 37 states that will tax your retirement benefits, and there are 35 states that will tax your pension. So these are these are pitfalls you need to be aware of and understand the true impact of what you'll receive net and will that work with the amount of cash you have in your nest egg. Some cases it may warrant moving, but more so if you are living somewhere and you're planning on moving in retirement, you know, the tax treatment you'll receive in that inevitable destination becomes very important. It sure does. Earlier in the show, Bruce, you mentioned your book, Create Wealth, Retain Wealth. Mm-hmm. And you have so much information in that book about taxes and Social Security and income in retirement. What prompted you to write that book? It's a great book. It's comprehensive. It's a good-looking book, too. But that was a lot of work. It was eight years of my life. Wow. Writing a book is the scariest thing you ever do because after all the mental edits and physical edits and, and all this stuff, you finally one day determine, okay, it's done. That's it. I, you know, We're done. And then you put it out there. And how will it be received? In my case, how would it be received by consumers? And how would it be received by my peers? The response came pretty quick. You know, we ended up with an Amazon number one bestseller. You can buy the book on Amazon, Create Wealth, Retain Wealth, or you can look up an author, Bruce Smith, and I'm Bruce the Third. But basically, the reviews have been amazing from consumers. But but my, my peers, especially when I meet them at large financial uh, get-togethers, conventions and such, they're like, Bruce, this is the book that needed to be written because it's not the traditional written from the Wall Street side of the fence. This is written from the consumer's side of the fence. And these are all things meant to purposely empower the consumer to make sure they're exploring all the possible opportunities they have to maximize their wealth before and during retirement and planning their retirement and to their heirs. And these are these are the same efforts that, you know, when you deal with wealthy people, Again, they're not looking for people who are trying to sell them a product. They won't work with them. They're looking for true advisors, but the responsibility of those advisors is to make sure you're exhausting and looking at every possible opportunity to allow them to create wealth when, when the markets will allow them to, but find opportunities to retain their wealth, not just in the form of reducing market losses, but to reduce taxes, to reduce fees, getting greater value out of all the places where that money is leaving their accounts and going somewhere else. Taxes is a big element there. And then, like I say, understanding the impact of it, because most people have little or no true depth understanding of taxes. They don't have counsel they can meet with that will manage those taxes. They go with their CPA and the CPA says, open an IRA and get a deduction this year. But it's not forward-looking tax management. That was never our plan to become the, the guru in that arena, but we found that's the greatest opportunity to maximize your wealth during your retirement years and that you can create wealth you get to keep instead of sharing with Uncle Sam with the right strategies. And you get to retain wealth by giving less money to Uncle Sam mm-hmm. and to these state entities. So really, it's like, where's the most bang for the buck? And it wasn't necessarily in investment returns. It was really having that tax strategy because you've got the bulk of $26 trillion out there that's reserved and saved for retirement is money where they put the money away and to pay taxes later. So that's the biggest expense for many retirees and, and managing it can really be an amazing windfall for people. Well, what I like in the book is that you give real world examples. You show what happens if this and what happens if you do that. And by seeing the difference, it really is something that makes you go, oh, well, I didn't realize that. And that's why, that's quite frankly, the number one question we get asked is, Bruce, this is this is phenomenal what you can do for us. And how come I've never heard other advisors talk like you? I've never seen them do say, I've never heard of anything like this. You're the first person that's ever shown me or talked about this. Why doesn't everybody do it? And this is very simple because, you know, everything the financial industry does is designed as a one size fits all. Come up with a product, market it to 100 million people, you know, and it should fit everybody. In the case of taxes, it's it's absolutely individual. It's custom one-on-one planning, you know, for your exact situation. So if you buy the book and you read and you say, hey, this is a great example, it doesn't mean that example fits you. Let's find out what does it translate to in real dollars for you over the course of your lifetime. And, and that's the beauty of it is that, you know, math has no emotion. So, you know, we look at the numbers, some people you'll say, hey, you know, the tax planning really isn't going to help you very much. I had people in here uh, earlier, uh, you know, they have a business, and, and she gets deductions for business and she's, you know, still his people actually working there, but she doesn't work there anymore, but she just manages the books, but she owns the company, you know, in her case, 
there's things she can do business tax-wise that makes more sense than what we would do for her because they didn't have a whole lot of money in their IRAs. So it's a case-by-case basis, but on average we see we've built over a billion dollars worth of these plans for retirement assets. On average, the tax reduction over a lifetime is somewhere in the neighborhood of 40%. If you've got a million dollars in your retirement accounts currently between husband and wife that you've not paid taxes on, over your lifetime that tax savings could easily be three, four, five hundred thousand dollars and quite often that's more than than changing your investment strategy could do for you so it's definitely worth finding out what does it mean to you and and if, if the numbers don't make sense the numbers will say you know hey it's worth fifty thousand dollars well it probably doesn't make sense to utilize our planning at that point so but the math has no emotion and i love that there's no sales pitch there's no product it's it's true management and planning again the name of the book is create wealth retain wealth bruce smith the third you can buy that on amazon and you just made the point that everything is different for every person. So when you head into retirement, you have your your own financial situation and you have your own dreams too. And for those who dream of completely changing their lives and locales, you know, Bruce, there are some countries that not only want you to live there, they're offering big incentives to expats. Have you ever helped a client plan for a move to another country? Costa Rica, Panama, Mexico, of course. We have full-time RVers. We have globetrotters. You know, we, we've got quite a smorgasbord. I'm really very intimate with the Panama one we're going to talk about. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I'll be honest with you. It's something I could do, I would like to do maybe, and, but I'm sure Monica would never be on board with it. So, so be it. Well, you know, it's interesting because it's exotic. It's totally different. And for some people, a complete change of lifestyle is no-go. You know, I'm just going to take my time, Mm -hmm. live where I am, be comfortable. Other people want that change of scenery. And if you're thinking about Greece, they have some special offers like a 7% flat tax rate. If you shift your tax residence to Greece, they have a special visa program. Panama has a lot going for it. And the U.S. dollar is the currency, which I like. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Greece, you know, I mean, I hate to say Greece... To me, that last scene in Mamma Mia, you know, they climbed that big hill to the church. I actually wanted to have my second honeymoon there. I, was, I said, let's go there. And, and I said, we'll get married again, you know. And mm, she's how like, romantic. Nah, I don't think so. And, oh. you know, I, I thought that'd be <laughs> awesome, you know. Yeah. I've mean, never been to Greece. I don't know if I'd live there, but I thought it was kind of an interesting destination. Malaysia has some incredible cuisine, of course. They've got good health care. There's no taxation for any pensions or offshore incomes, you know, so that's a big one. Your money goes a lot further over there. You know, there's the, always the joke about the, the $5 lobster dinner. Right. They do have prerequisites. You know, you've got to have at least 125,000 assets and have a monthly income of 2,500. Well, if you've got a social security check, a VA check, whatever, you know, if you and your spouse's uh, stable income is over 2,500 bucks a month, they have their arms open up for you. They'll do special things on buying properties. There's a visit pass that's renewable every decade. You have a 90-day residency obligation. 90 days. I mean, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. But the one I do know a lot about is Panama, mainly because, number one, it is a U.S. dollar-based economy. So you don't have to figure out exchange rates. I have an attorney friend that explored uh, living down there. And one of the comments he made, he says, one thing you know, he says, the the government's corrupt and they admit it. (laughs) Which That was his first starting point, you know, on Panama. And all of of the things that are in this article from Motley Fool. But as long as you have at least a $1,000 a month check coming in, so I mean, that's a social security check for just about anybody. As long as you have a stable form coming in, you know, you're allowed to, to go there. Uh, they say discounts when utility bills, mortgages, transportation, dental and eye exams. That's true. 50% off on entertainment with movies and cultural events and hotel stays. That's true. They actually let you bring a new vehicle into the country every three years, duty-free, Oh, which is a big damn deal because people I know that are living down there, they actually will buy a car even if they don't need it duty-free, and then they can, they can resell it and, and make good money. So there's a lot of cool things there. But the interesting part that is not necessarily financial, but I thought it's absolute genius, is that in Panama, it's a very unique country in that if you want your house to be a certain temperature year-round, you build your house based on elevation, and you'll have zero heating or cooling costs. What? Yes. Think about it. So if you say, I'd like 84 year-round, you build down in the lowlands. You know, I want my house to be 75. You build up on on the side of a mountain somewhere, you know. And these are still places that have roads. And I mean, you're not like, you know, sure. packing out the forest. 
uh, you know, I like my house really cool, go up another thousand feet. So yeah, you build your house based on eleva elevation, um, mm. and you have no heating or cooling cost. If you want a maid uh, year round, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about eight thousand dollars. If you would like a chef, is about twelve to fourteen thousand. So you know, for twenty five grand, you could pretty much live like a king. Do no laundry, don't clean your house, <laughs> and have all your meals chef prepared. I have a friend who relocated to. He's in Mexico on the west side where all the billionaires live. He's not a billionaire, but he, but he sure rubs elbows with them enough. And he's got an infinity pool overlooking the ocean. And he has a private chef that I, I will never go to his house because I'm just so envious. He has these amazingly healthy, beautiful meals every day that he posts on Facebook. I could shoot him. <laughs> but no, it's so there's a lot of really cool things that can be done. And we've had clients take advantage of it, but it's nice to... Just like Panama, for example, you know, if you were considering that, how many advisors are fluid in that? Uh, I mean, it comes from from dealing with clients, you know, that have uh, not not crazy numbers, but they've got a million dollars saved for retirement. They have the ability to do these kinds of things, and they want an advisor that they can they can talk about ideas, options, and ways to make that money go further. But uh, yeah, Panama probably is one of the hottest tickets I think on the mm -hmm. on the on the planet for retirement. Well, if you'd like to continue this conversation with Wealth Cares, Bruce Smith. I'm going to give you the number right now. It's 888-888-5601. The number again is 888-888-5601. Bruce, that's it for us today. Again? Holy cow, that was quick. <laughs> it sure went by. Well, thank you for joining us for Get More Retirement with Bruce Smith. We will be back next week, same time, same place, with Get More Retirement. Are you afraid to look at your financial statements? Are you shredding them without opening them? If so, it's time for you to get a second opinion from the WealthCare Investment Center. At WealthCare, our portfolios are designed using proven risk reduction strategies to help protect and preserve your wealth during market downturns while maintaining the opportunity for strong growth when the market turns upward. All of our wealth managers are fiduciaries that will always put your interest above all others. If you need a plan to better manage the ups and downs of the financial market, we are ready to help. Let us help you explore the opportunities available from using a higher level of planning and management for your wealth. Instead of shredding or avoiding your financial statements, let's take a look at them together. If you have saved at least $500,000 or more for your retirement, get a second opinion today from one of our elite wealth specialists. Schedule your complimentary wealth checkup today. Call the Wealth Care team now at 888-888-5601. The number again is 888-888-5601. You can also visit us online at wealthcare.com. That's wealthcare.com. Advisory services offered through the Wealthcare Investment Center, a registered investment advisory firm. Insurance products and services offered through American Assets Financial Corp. and RIA Wealth Solutions LNC. The information contained in the material provided is for informational purposes only, and no statement contained here should constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Our program content is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. You should seek advice on legal and tax questions from an independent attorney or tax advisor. Our firm is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. This radio program is sponsored by the Wealthcare Investment Center.